Live from Cool Boys Central. You're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. <laughs> this is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. Greetings, Cool Boy Bat Nation, and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond, a Cool Boys podcast. I'm Ballard. And I'm Steve. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. Tonight's episode is I Am the Night. Directed by Boyd Kirkland and written by Michael Reeves. This one came out November 9th, 1992 on a weekday and then came out primetime, Steve, Mm -hmm. December 13th, 1992. This week's villain is the Jazzman. Well, Wikipedia says on the anniversary of the death of Bruce's parents, Batman accompanies Leslie Tompkins to Crime Alley to place roses on the spot where they were gunned down. Meanwhile, Commissioner Gordon is on a stakeout to arrest Jimmy the Jazzman Peak during a drug smuggling ring. Batman had promised to be there, but arrives late to find a gun battle going on. He helps defeat the gangsters and arrest the Jazzman, but at a high cost, Gordon is severely wounded. The incident traumatizes Batman, and he contemplates giving up his crime-fighting career despite the jazz man escaping prison to carry out his personal vendetta against Gordon, who had mm-hmm. sent him to the prison six years before. Wow. That was a great synopsis. Sometimes they're they're short, but, you know, probably because this went to prime time, they're like, let's give this one a, a long one. I guess so, yeah. Um, it, I, you know, something very interesting I kind of thought of almost immediately watching this uh, episode, um, or... At least when you start seeing Leslie Tompkins and Bruce, or as Batman technically, uh, meeting up together in Crime Alley. Is it been technically a year since uh, uh, the episode Appointment in Crime Alley? Well, I think, I, I definitely think it's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's at least been a year since that time. So a year is taking place as we've watched. Or longer. You well, know, yeah, longer. Yeah, I, I right, feel like the, the way the show is portrayed, it's like, especially where they involve Robin and they don't involve Robin. It's hard to tell where um, some of the episodes are taking place. I don't think it's really chronological all the time. I like to think of it as chronological, and Robin's just busy at college. Uh, that's what I've explained it as in my head, too. But I also feel like it's not very chronological. I feel like it jumps forward in time, I guess. Maybe if we watched it based on air date as opposed to production order, this, w- this would all be alleviated. <laughs> I, I think it makes less sense Probably. in the, in the air date because that's why they always – the way that they present them is in the production order, like in in, uh, in the Blu-ray format and yeah. in streaming DVD. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like the producer's intention was the way that they produced it. I like how it's like a classic image of, of Batman just slumped in his chair. He is depressed in this episode. He starts off all just like slumped over, depressed. And then, mm-hmm. and he, then he sees the newspaper about Penguin's over, overturned conviction. Yeah, Steve. Um, I have a quick question about that, actually. <coughs> so the article reads, right, the headline's Penguin conviction overturned. And then the, the subline is, 
judge rules technical. We don't know what else it says. Steve, can he do that? Can the judge rule technical? Yeah. I, you know, what I was thinking it was elaborating on was that it was because of Batman. You know, that's kind of like the classic thing that the comics kind of developed was that even though Batman would get these people arrested, when they go to court, they wouldn't be able to get it. They wouldn't be able to go to jail because, like, the evidence was tainted or there was a, 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 some sort of issue on that side. And um, that made it kind of interesting. And, and that is, like, kind of where he starts questioning if he's actually that useful and that that's what this whole episode's all about is it's really like is he somebody that can be that can stop crime <laughs> yeah absolutely you know what i liked um in superman returns uh the brian singer masterpiece right um superman returns uh it has a moment where lex luther talks about how superman's like you know great at catching people but he's not like good at the other things like uh miranda rice due process making your court date something like that i think i'm paraphrasing it's very close to that so like i like that like that brings in the reality that like yeah like you couldn't really just have someone like batman busting criminals and then having it stick i think so uh, you know partly it depends on like what the crime is and if they have a good attorney and on top of like how much the police probably were involved or not involved. Like, I'm sure if Batman just busted somebody, no officers, you know, law enforcement anywhere nearby to watch it, and he just drops them off in front of, like, you know, a police department. I, I mean, they can't probably do much with someone like that. Yeah, there's a – the issue uh, in legal terms a lot of times is chain of custody. You know, so if they could prove at some point the evidence could be tainted, and so if Batman's the one that's, like, giving them the evidence that uh, so-and-so – you know, as a criminal or something like that, and it wasn't obtained through like legal means, then there's a bad chain of custody. <laughs> we're here, we're watching a little boy almost get beat with some brass knuckles. This little boy, of course, is played by 18 year old Seth Green, which is, uh, you know, pretty cool. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's Seth Green. I looked it up. That's Seth Green. And another very interesting um, uh, voiceover talent that's in this episode as well is Brian George, who plays the jazz man. Brian George, do you recognize that name? I do not. He was uh, Babu in Seinfeld. Very bad man. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. he's in a bunch of shit. Realistically, he, uh, in his later years, um, the last ten years, I would say, or if not more, he has done a shitload of voiceover work. So he doesn't seem to film as much, uh, you know, on camera. He's mostly just doing, I guess, animation. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff, though. Yep. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. You're right, Steve. Guy's got work. He was on Weeds. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, well, yeah, he plays the jazz man in this. And, of course, they must have, you know, like, I guess – take a, a vacation on animation design day because he looks horrible the jazz has got like the weirdest bone structure <laughs> from his like forehead to his cheekbones it's very dick tracy and then to call him jazz man's very dick tracy i thought that's what he was supposed to be it was supposed to be like one of those caricature mobsters from that we've time had maybe. a few of those though we've had one that was literally called the boss and uh he we never for, i think it was pov uh then there's been like boss biggest um, Lloyd Ventress was essentially kind of like a character like this. Like they've they've had really random, hard, like criminal type characters that are not involved in like the Joker, Rogue type gallery, Two Face, Penguin, mm -hmm. and they're fairly good episodes usually. I enjoyed this episode. 
Yeah, I thought so too. I liked it. I think the problem with this one wasn't that he's he's not important. He's just like a has a vendetta, and it's mm-hmm. more about you know Batman just being kind of broken, and having to like try and stop him. Yeah, and it's in the, and we're watching right now Batman actually fighting and stopping um, uh, the Jazz Man, but uh, Jimmy what Jimmy Peak or something like that. But um, we we watch like him jump onto the truck. Right, it's like amazing, like this over-the-head shot where you see Batman like jump early, right, to catch the truck. By the time he lands, like it's in this right spot. Like that's great choreography for animation. And then they have this wonderful shot after Batman crashes the truck by using the uh, uh, the batarang, or not the batarang. He uses the uh, like uh, the grappling hook, right? He catches, you know, and he helps spin the truck into the building. He like s- like slips into the shadows like so coolly like he mm-hmm. just like walks backwards like oh uh, no one saw me was never here you know it's like what is going on Batman everyone knows you were there he's a ninja and then he's like watching from the shadows and he sees like Gordon has been shot and killed Practically. yeah that was sad he looks shocked I remember this episode as a kid and I I was like kind of bored watching this episode as a kid yeah were you bored yeah. watching it again. No, not as much. I enjoyed it a little bit more this time. Absolutely. The problem, I think, as a kid or watching it, it's just generally like you knew like some characters just weren't going to actually – they weren't going to kill off Batman. They weren't going to kill off Gordon, you know. Are you sure? In these types of shows, I, I was mm-hmm. never concerned about that. Oh, no, we just missed it. We just missed it. Oh, yeah, I wanted to show you that. So uh, uh, Jasmine had a great ass. When he's getting into the squad car on the uh, news footage in black and white, they, like, did a really shapely, like, curvaceous ass for him. I was, I was like, what? They gave him a great ass. And then the officer sits down next to him, and they could have done the same animation. The officer's ass is nowhere as good as the jazz man's ass. It really, if you want to go back and rewind it, it's fine. Like, it's funny. Like, the jazz man has an incredible ass. Um, there was a Steve Sponsor cliffhanger act break before that. Where Commissioner Gordon was dead. That's how we go to break. Steve, how do we come back from break? Well, it's it's a good one. He, he, the, the doctors are working on him. You still don't know if he's actually alive. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, instead of most of the time, it's like, oh, he just steps out of the way or some other really easy way to avoid whatever cliffhanger was coming. Rolls out of the way. But, uh, I, yeah, I thought this... They, that was pretty pretty cool, actually. It was good animation, too, the way they were, like, uh, following him into the uh, operation room and whatnot. Yeah, and now we're in the hospital, and we see Bullock and Batman and Barbara mm-hmm. Gordon all in Commissioner's uh, hospital room, all arguing, essentially. Bullock is a dick. Blames Batman. Yeah, well, Bullock always tries to blame Batman for everything. I mean, if there's any way he can put off any of his own guilt onto Batman... He will. I love that Barbara's back. This episode doesn't do a lot in the way of um, no, just continuing Barbara's origin to be Batgirl, but there's small hints where she says stuff like, you know, oh, I got to go out there and try to find the guy who did this. And it's like, you know, and they're like, no, don't do it, Barbara. And it's like, that's a little hint, obviously. And then there's the moment where she realizes when later on the episode when uh, Batman and Jasmine are going to fly through the glass window in the hospital into Gordon's room, Barbara actually grabs, like, a curtain and moves it over so that glass going everywhere doesn't, like, go kill her dad or, like, you know, hurt her dad any further. It's pretty brilliant. Uh, And just the fact that she's, like, comfortable 
talking with Batman. You know. Yeah, really comfortable <clears throat> talking with Batman. Um, but yeah, I thought that uh, you know after Bullock basically uh, blames Batman, Batman takes it to heart, goes back and throws like the biggest temper tantrum that, that you can think of. He Huge. is like one spoiled little kid, you know. He's just this rich kid that's no one's ever said no to, and now someone said no. He's like, you know what? I don't need all this laboratory stuff. Ah! He trashes his like multi-million dollar like supercomputer. Do you think he cleaned this? I don't think he cleaned it. Clean it up himself. I think no, uh, Alfred does. He calls Alfred down there. He's like, uh, yeah. So when Alfred is in between molesting children, he absolutely goes and has to clean up after Batman. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, by the way, let's just be honest here, Wizard. Right, the Seth Green character in this uh, episode mm-hmm. is a lucky motherfucker. Batman goes and gives him to Leslie Tompkins to take care of him, and what ends up happening is Wizard actually learns the better of his ways. He's like, "Yo, Batman, I've been taken to orphanages and whatever, and like young boys clubs, and it sucks. But this one you dropped me off at, this one's super cool. The lady's super fine, so I am going to turn my life around." Now let's think about this. If Batman frogged Wizard, right, did what he did with Frog to Wizard, brought him back to the Bruce Wayne's mansion, and just let Wizard, like, you know, work out with <laughs> Alfred, it, I don't think things would have turned out so well for Wizard. Okay, let's just say that. All right. All I right. think Alfred would have uh, done way too much uh, uh, bath time in one day, <laughs> um, in where he forces bathing onto the children or onto Wizard. We saw that with Frog. I, I disagree. I think Alfred is uh, is a good man. You know, I thought Bill Cosby was a good man. Okay. Okay? I was wrong. All right? I was wrong, Steve. Sometimes it hurts to find out your heroes are actually villains. And, Steve, you know, it's wonderful, as we see Alfred here, Dick. Dick is in this, too. Yeah, he calls Robin because Batman's so depressed. And... Robin walks in on Batman looking like he's been on a three-day bench. I, I, I wanted to write it down, but that is some, like, dark Batman quote. There's a nihilist quote that Batman has that's just basically like, is it is any of what I do worth it, you know, and just uh, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty sad. Yeah, and then I think he even goes on and says, when you look too long into the abyss, the abyss looks back at you, which isn't actually the quote. The quote is, uh, he who fights with monsters should look to it that he himself does not become a monster, and if you gaze long into an abyss, the abyss also gazes uh, into you. And that's been Friedrich Nietzsche. And he's essentially saying is that, like, you know, Batman who's reflecting on what he's done, yeah. and if he's actually, you know, cause more good than bad, you know, like, that's that's one aspect of the whole abyss quote. And then on top of that, it, it, like, it, you layer the fact that all of this simultaneously going on while he's struggling with, the idea that Batman is left unchecked, he also himself, too, can become a monster, which is what you watch when he throws that temper tantrum uh, and he destroys all his, it just starts destroying his Batcave for some reason. And then it's, again, interesting because then it's like on the third level, Batman, you know, creates his own monsters literally by existing. I mean, that's something that's commonly discussed throughout Batman lore, right? Like, people like the Joker probably would not have existed if Batman didn't exist himself. So it's really crazy that he does drop that quote because that quote is so fucking awesome and famous. Well, that was uh, very interesting. I enjoyed that 
uh, lesson. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's obvious. This whole episode is that, really, you know, and it's like really well done. But I just like how they kind of drop that line because it's always been like, it's such, it's like almost where they could have started the episode and then built it from there. I like how uh, Robin basically is like, "Well, screw you, Batman. I'm gonna go stop him myself." And he goes to use his, yeah. uh, he goes to use his motorcycle. Or a bat cycle and wait no before that though he goes to the ho- uh, the ho- he goes to the hospital room and it's our first time we ever see Dick with Barbara, is it? I yeah they're never with each other in on uh, Heart of Steel and that's the only, that's the first time we met Barbara yeah right am I wrong right am I mistaken? Heart of Steel yeah uh, is that the first yeah, time we meet her first time yeah because she comes home from college and Bruce is all Barbara you've grown mm-hmm. huge old titties mom, nom, 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 nom. and you're like Bruce you know chill out bud mm-hmm. um so yeah this is like I mean Barbara and Dick I know Dick goes on and has other relationships in the comics like with Star uh with um Starfire but like there there's very much within this show and you know and, and Batman Lord uh Dick and Barbara get together, you know, especially when it's Batgirl and Robin. When oh, yeah, Nightwing, sure. I think that's when it's like in the <clears throat> latest iteration they have of uh, Young Justice right now, the the Nightwing, which is who Robin becomes, right, uh, is uh, dating Barbara, who's in oh, a Oh, really? It's not Starfire? And, and she's uh, – no, yeah, and Starfire's uh, engaged to Superboy. Interesting. And uh, it's it's really good. The this new season of Young Justice is just like uh, probably the best storytelling that I've seen in a long time in term in the DC universe. I would highly recommend it. Nice. Okay. Well, I guess I'll have to check it out. I uh, thought it was funny when uh, they show Robin going on his bat cycle because Batman lost his bat cycle. So I think the mm. the whole reason that uh, inspired uh, Batman to actually save the day was that he was really jealous of, of Robin. <laughs> okay, wait. Steve, is it maybe more along the lines of Batman was like, wait, Robin's gonna go save the day? Fuck that. Yeah, on his bat cycle? And I don't have a bat cycle? I'm doing it now, Robin. Sorry, go get your green belt and go fucking work out a little <laughs> bit. I'm taking care of this. I think so. But I think what really inspired that hatred was that he was like, what? Oh, yeah, I lost my bat cycle. <laughs> Fuck, I lost my bat cycle in a train accident. <laughs> Fuck Robin. He's not getting his fucking bat cycle. Fuck that kid. Wait, did Batman then take the bat cycle? Or no. Did he... <clears throat> I think he used yeah. his... Uh, he was on rooftops, and he was, like, using the backlighter or something like that. He's always backlighting. <laughs> what did he do? Yeah, because it's like... They just the show next... him uh, show up. He just Yeah, of. he just tells he just stops Robin, puts his hand on his shoulder, and the next thing you see him, he's like... Yeah, he's flying through the, uh, the, the cityscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the episode ends, of course, with this awesome climax in the hospital room after, like we mentioned, Barbara uh, pulls the curtain over to block the exploding glass coming in all over her comatose father. <laughs> I really um, love how the jazz man's, like, persistent. I mean, he escapes from jail, and instead of just getting out of there, after escaping, yeah. <laughs> escaping, he's like, finishing the escape. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill him. Like that I'm is... going to the hospital where he's protected, and I'm going to kill him. That is By the way, yeah, and the way shit. he kills him, too, is, like, really inventive. Like, he beats the fuck out of the <laughs> window washer and then goes all the way up there to kill the dude. It was impressive for me. Yeah, and so and then he gets in the room. And it's a slow-mo climax, right? Straight out of, like, a modern AAA video game where he's, like, you know, reaching for the gun, <laughs> pulling it up, pulling the trigger, and Batman's got to get, you know, one of the batarangs out. 
it fast enough to block the fucking barrel of the gun. If this was a video game, I would have fucked up like three times. <laughs> There's like no way I would have gotten it right. I'd be like, boom, oh, Gordon's, Gordon's dead. dead. Uh -huh. Failed. Oh, sure. yeah. Would, would you, you like, like to retry from checkpoint? checkpoint? Yes. <laughs> boom, Gordon's <laughs> dead. Yeah. Failed. You to be quick enough to get it to that barrel. Like that was a that was a one in a million shot. I can. Well, if you play the slow mo, if you assume the slow mo is all the same frame rate, okay? Let's just assume the whole this whole slow mo sequence is all 120 frames per second. Okay, and 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 Jazzman is pulling the trigger and the hammer is cocking back in the gun at 120 frames per second. Meanwhile, Batman is moving so incredibly fast, like so incredibly fast, He's like zoop zoop, throwing fucking shit across the room. In the amount of time it takes someone to pull a trigger for the hammer to cock back and then hammer to launch forward, hit the firing pin on a bullet and launch a bullet out the barrel. Batman's able to grab from his belt a battering and throw it perfectly into a barrel. It's amazing. It is amazing. That's why he's the best. Mm -hmm. World's greatest. Um, I gave this actually 3.5 out of 5. Boys, would you give it? Uh, I give it 4. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. It, it, it's, it's nothing special. I like uh, that it, really it was uh, coming back in with some continuity. I didn't mention that earlier. Like, or we kind of talked about it. How I was like, it, you knew why Batman was depressed one of the reasons because this was the anniversary of his parents death and that he was going to crime alley and then he was doing all this process and they didn't need for you to really they didn't need to go through it they didn't need to, for you to understand it because you've been watching the show and you know you know that this is just a hard day for Batman yeah so in appointment in crime alley it's like the end of the episode right the whole episode builds up to what is the to date Right, what's this date? What is it? What's going to happen? But in this one, it's like over and done with within maybe the first like three minutes of the episode. He's already there. He's already dropped off the roses. And then that's when he goes to save Wizard, who's being beat on by two punks, mm -hmm. two criminals. And he's late. Who, um, one of them falls on the roses. And then he's like, fuck! You fell on my fucking parents' roses! I, I imagine... I mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, the scene either cuts or dissolves away with Batman's horrified face. But what I'd like to imagine is that Batman then lined that, that fucking criminal up on the curb and just curbed him. Just fucking curbed him, like, right there. It's like, fuck that. Just Edward Nortoned him from American History X. Oh, Batman like, just right kill. there in Gotham. Crime alley. Uh, and then that's when Batman said something cool like, don't lose your head, you know? Wow. <laughs> 3.5 out of 5, boys. Um, Cool. All right, well, great bat stuff. Good Good stuff. Cool Boy Nation, tune in next week. Same Cool Bat time, same Cool Bat channel. Cool Boy Bat Nation, be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of I Am The Knight or what your favorite bat episode is by bat emailing us at batmanandbeyondcoolboys at gmail.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with the Cool Boys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Cool Boys and review us on iTunes. Also, donate to us on Patreon. It only costs a buck and you will receive special access to content too hot to air. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Thank you for listening. Stay cool cool boy bat nation 
Until next time, it's Bizies from Ballard. And Bizies from Steven. So cool. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah. Batman. And beyond. Ah.